Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Carlene Cannon. Welcome, Larger Story family, to the Relational Spirituality Podcast, a place where we talk about how you can belong, become, and be known. Last week, you heard the first part of my conversation with Mimi Dixon, and if you missed it, you will definitely want to go back and listen. She talked about how we all live in Alcatraz. Life in a broken world is more than hard. It's impossible. But as we continued our conversation, Mimi began to share about withness, going with Jesus into the dark places, not just so we can participate in his work, but so that he won't be alone. It's a big new thought that God enjoys us and misses out somehow if we're not present with him. I hope you enjoy our conversation about prayer and how we are always invited, always welcomed, and always enjoyed. Always. Every single time. When we know that he says, dear worthy child of mine, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for throwing in your lot with mine. Thank you for being present to my redemptive plan. Thank you for being a welcoming, forgiving, loving presence in the lives of the people around you, especially the ones that are pretty hard to love. Thank you. Thank you for being with me in this. I think he really appreciates us. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, as you're talking, Larry told a story of a conversation with Brendan Manning, where at the end of it, Brendan says, Larry asked him why he was going away on a silent retreat. And basically he said, I just think God likes it when I show up. And that's a real paradigm shift for me. I don't, I think of prayer as about, me, me talking to God. I need to commune to God with God. And the just turning that upside down and thinking how that there's something that God enjoys about my participation in his larger story that I not only get to join in that vibrating power that she talks about, I get to participate in that, but that God and not only that God's invited me to participate, but he enjoys. And back to the illustration of the father and his son or a mother and her child, there's hardly anything I enjoy more than just being with my children. It makes sense when you stop and think about it, but I don't know that is the underlying kind of order of things. Back to what you said earlier, or the way that I approach prayer, that God's eagerly anticipating a conversation with me, just like I anticipate conversations with my adult children now. Uh, That's still not part of the fabric of my imagination, if you will, and my experience necessarily. So that's a really good story and a good metaphor to think about, not only being part of something bigger, but then it also being so personal. Yes. It is. That's the whole thing. Larry would always say that it's about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not about transactions. 
It's right. not about us running out and being all productive for God. And yeah. the higher our percentage of productivity is, the more favor we have from God. And right. it's really relational. And he wants to know what hurts me. He wants mm -hmm. to know what makes me laugh. Yeah. He wants to know what I noticed today. Yeah. And he wants to join in it. It's the delight of a parent in a beloved child. And Jesus, it's interesting to me that in his post-resurrection appearances, hmm. most of the time Jesus called them children. Hmm. Now, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yeah. Children, do you did you catch any fish? Hmm. Children, come and have breakfast. Yeah. It's just, it touches me so much. Yeah. And it reframes everything that here is this person who has already paid an enormous, deeply personal mm -hmm. cost mm -hmm. and journeys with us. He's saying, remember how this ends now. Yeah. Remember, all shall be well. Remember mm -hmm. that. Hang on to it. Be confident. And it means everything to him mm -hmm. when we join him in his work. Mm -hmm. I think it meant everything to Jesus to look down from the cross and see the three people who loved him most standing there, his mother, yeah. John, mm -hmm. Mary Magdalene, they would not go away. They would not right. leave him alone. Right. And I think, do I want to let Jesus handle what's going on in the world by himself? I want to do what Mother Teresa of Calcutta said. Mm -hmm. I want to be the one who, as you said, shows up. Yeah. The one who's willing to go and just be present with somebody right. who's going through something. It's something that changes everything. I want to read a, this poem written by Rob Marsh. Okay. Rob is a Jesuit priest. And in this poem, he describes the way his relationship with Jesus changed from thinking theologically about what Jesus accomplished on the cross for our mm -hmm. salvation, mm -hmm. you know, the flat Stanley view of Jesus. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Right. If you don't know who Flat Stanley is, it's a, it's a children's oh, book that we all, all my kids had to read this and you actually, you cut Flat Stanley out and you color him and then you send him places. He goes on all these adventures and, but that's such a great, that's, our, that's a great metaphor of how often maybe we do think about God. Flat Stanley. Well, okay. So this is how Rob describes it. As Jesus goes to his cross, what dies is not just a dream or a project. It is my beloved. I'm not mourning my shattered hopes, my doomed calling. I'm mourning a man I have come to love. At the start, he was all abstraction and hope and activity. But by the end, he is the man I have come to know intimately. I've watched his birth and held his warm weight. I've been there as he has grown up and been made man before me. I've seen his struggle and loved his laughter. I've gazed at him and found him gazing back. I've heard my name on his lips. I've been drawn into his friendship. I've watched him work, suffered his hardship wrestled with his self-discovery. I've discovered that I need him and been sweetly shocked that he needs me too. Something has happened. I have fallen in love. Wow. Yep. 
pretty much says it all. <laughs> That's really beautiful. It means everything to be given the opportunity to accompany him, mm -hmm. to know how much it means to him when we choose to be present to what he's doing, yeah. even when uh, we're afraid or even when it doesn't feel safe, even and especially when we know it's going to cost us something. Yeah. But when we choose to be present to him as he is so generously present to us, that's the shift I've experienced in myself, Carly. I've experienced a shift mm -hmm. between thinking primarily, as you said so wisely a moment ago, about what I want him to do for me right. into thinking about in this time of great turmoil in our world, when there's so much at stake, he is carrying and continues to carry a great burden. How could he not? Yeah. And what does it mean for me to answer the call to be present to what he's doing in my own sphere of activity, in yeah. my own existing relationships? And this is where Larry helped me so much hmm. because that was the focus toward the end as he was standing, I think, straddling heaven and earth. Yeah. <laughs> and the veil was so thin for him. What he wanted to talk about is how does this show up in our relationships? Yeah. Because that's the center of the call. Yeah. And I'm very grateful to him for that because it was very clarifying. Yeah. When we start thinking about our call, what does God want? That's what he wants is for us to love, to be good lovers. That's very simple. Very simple and very difficult. Very, it, it requires a sacrifice. It does, yeah. It, it, yeah. Must, it re requires some giving up of self, some dying to self. Yeah. yeah. And what we consider to be. I have a right to this. That's, I have to watch that in myself. Oh, yeah. That entitlement spirit that Larry always talked about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he had it going, and he would press into something, and he wouldn't stop yeah. until he got a hold of it. And when he did, like Julian of Norwich, he was generous, and he shared it with us. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is one of the things I have appreciated most, especially as I've gotten really immersed in here working a larger story than Larry's work is just the way he shared his internal, not only his internal world, but his relationship with God. Like he yes. shared that with us. And I think, and you said this maybe even before we started recording about how that's the relationship that's most important to you. It's the primary relationship in your life. And it was for Larry. And he generously welcomed us into that in a lot of ways through his books and the conversations at breakfast and the, and the speaking and the, the various things he did. But it is so helpful, like you said, with Julian of Norwich to have shared those 10 hour, that 10 hour conversation that echoes down through the centuries to give yeah. us a vision of what this invitation God has been holding out from the beginning of time, what he's actually inviting us into. I just think maybe our perceptions are just way too small. <laughs> our, our, our targets are small. Our, our vision is small. Because often you hear the phrase like pray big prayers or I had a pastor who would often say pray 
for things that are so big that they can only be accomplished if God is in them. And I, mean, I think all of that's good and true. But what we've talked about today is something even grander, even more true, more real than accomplishing yeah. something big for God. And as you say, it's rooting our little story in God's yeah. larger story. And he is, our assumption is that you and I were born when we were yeah. very intentionally. And you and I have had the experiences right. that we've had in our lives that have shaped us and formed us in ways mm -hmm. to have access to people who are struggling and hopeless. Johnny Erickson Tata is one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. I just love Johnny. Yes. And Rachel was telling me that, and you, she's, she may have told you this story as well, Carlene. Mm -hmm. She was at a prayer breakfast. She and Larry were there and she had an opportunity to help get Johnny ready for her workshop. Oh, wow. Rachel did. Yeah. And Rachel said that in the workshop that Johnny, one of the first things that Johnny said to this packed room of people is she said, when I go to heaven, I hope I can take my chair with her, with me. And Rachel said that everybody went oh, like that. And then she said, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to wheel up to Jesus in my wheelchair. She, she has a little... Yeah control thing. Right. I'm going to wheel up to Jesus in my wheelchair and I'm going to look up into his face and I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus, for this chair. Well, and then she said, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to put my hand, this restored whole hand now, I'm going to put it on the back of the wheelchair and ask him to send it to hell. <laughs> she said that chair yeah. has taught her dependence on the Lord. Right. It has shaped her inner journey. But here's the other thing. She says, the reason I'm grateful for this chair is that I can wheel into places that able-bodied people cannot walk. Yeah. And she's not talking about the American disabilities. Right. She's talking about right. people who are suffering. And if I walked in, they'd look at me and they'd say, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. right. Take your platitudes and leave. Yeah. She can wheel in there and they look at her and they're going to listen to what she has to say because she they know that she wow. gets it. The things that have happened to me, I may not be in a wheelchair, yeah, but there are things that have happened to me that give me access yeah. to some people in a way that others would struggle to gain. Mm -hmm. So I think this is why Paul can say in Second Corinthians that we can be grateful for the things that have happened to us because it can be a means of grace in somebody else's life. And if I can be willing to accept and embrace the things, as, as Peter was told by Jesus, when Jesus welcomed him back with the three loves yeah. after his three denials, he says to Peter, essentially, Peter, don't worry about it. You're never going to fail like this again. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it because next time you're in a situation where you feel threat and you're afraid, you're going to put out your hands and you're going to let them take you where you don't want to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that as followers of Jesus, very often yeah. we do end up, he invites us to go some places in a relationship or whatever that we would rather not go. Right. But I show my love for him 
in being willing to embrace that and to say, okay, I'm going to trust you when you invite me into this, that you're going to be, I'm following you into it. You're not sending me. We're going, I'll be with you. And you're going to give me what I need. Yeah. It's a shift. It's a shift from thinking about in prayer, what I want God to do for me and the people I love and for my business and for my future and my dreams. It flips around. And now I'm realizing as, um, Julian said that the time is short. Mm-hmm. We don't have that long to write a love letter with our lives. And this is the only chance we're going to get. So yeah, in my mind, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things about that I'd love to follow up on in what you just said, but a couple of things really struck me when you told the story about Johnny Erickson Tata and her Somehow, I think I can see that being grateful for the wheelchair, even though I don't know how I would get there. But then her saying, send it to hell. That's what made me think that's legit. Like she's yeah. having some sort yeah. of weird denial, some sort yeah. of, I've convinced myself that this is okay when it's real. There's a real awareness. And I know if she still experiences a lot of pain, like there's a lot yeah. of suffering yeah that never really abates in her story. And so that that deep awareness of the tension between what is good and holy and what is corrupt and Alcatraz, as you said earlier, in our world, yeah, yeah. and the certainty and the sort of inner certainty that the good has won. That I found really profound in that little anecdote because it's not just that the good wins in the future, like there's a real winning in Johnny in the way that she has embraced the story and the good wins today as well as tomorrow and eternity. Uh, So that really struck me. And I think that in what, when, what we've been talking about that sort of willingness to live in this constant reconciling of the good and the bad and inviting Jesus into that. Like I, I love when you brought up the story of Peter because I, lo- I love Peter. He's impulsive and like he's all the things, right? And, yeah. and that Jesus sees something sterling and in him and will not let him go. And he prays for Peter that, you know, Satan has asked to sift you like chaff, but I, and, and he hasn't said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to hold you. Like he says, but I pray for you that your faith will not fail. And exactly. I think the idea that Jesus is praying for me, we're talking here about praying to him and inviting, being invited into a relationship with him, but he's praying for me, just yes. like back to the story of Abraham Lincoln is he's reaching down and holding on to me, praying for me when I'm not even clued in to what's really going on. And he has prayed for me that my faith will not fail. That is so good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I just think that I, as you've said a lot in this conversation, we're on a journey. It's a long, it's a long journey. And yet the time is short. I thought that was really profound, but I just lose track of some of that in the day to day and the way that Mother Teresa on the streets of Calcutta or whatever was unable to lose track of. She had put herself in a situation where every day she went with Jesus to go do something important. Well, and again, 
the Trinity is a community of persons yeah. created yeah. us in the image of that mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So we're not alone. We're not right. separated from mm-hmm. God. And in John 17, it says, may they be one as we yeah. are one. May they be in us the way, may we be in them the way that they're in us. There's mm-hmm. this mixing. Yeah. And it is yeah. hard when you live in Alcatraz <laughs> and you yeah. hear the banging of the bars and you're hearing people yelling and you know yeah. that this is not a safe environment. Nobody should ever try to make a home in a place like this. Right. <laughs> this is a wilderness. Yeah. Being together mm-hmm. makes all the difference yeah. because we call to one another in the night. Mm-hmm. And when Paul and Silas were in prison, they sang mm-hmm. and it says that all the other prisoners were listening to them. Yeah. And then there was a great earthquake and the Lord broke off all of their bonds and opened up the doors. And that's when the Philippian jailer thought, oh, no, they're all escaping. And they I... didn't escape. They didn't yeah. escape. Yeah. Now, that what does it look like for me in the darkness to sing in the darkness? Because I know that the dawn is coming mm-hmm. and that there is a light that shines in the darkness that the darkness cannot overcome. So I love what you said just a moment ago about the way that Jesus is present to us in our situation. We're never by ourselves. We're always accompanied and we find one another like this larger story community. We find one another. And so we read the scriptures and we receive his word to us. We communicate with him in prayer. We listen to podcasts. We hear about a book that would be might be exactly what Jesus is inviting us to marinate in it for a while. Yeah. It might, it, it may well be the Papa story like we're doing here. Right. We're spending time together marinating in the name of the God who loves us and sees us and has breathed life into us and who has promised to never, ever leave us. Yeah. And so we remind one another of these things and it's a handhold. It's a mm-hmm. handhold. And it's we can keep moving forward because we're encouraged by one another. This is Mm -hmm. not a solo journey. That's a good word. Yeah, I'm thinking of a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago talking about conversations that matter, one of Larry's terms. And that what makes a conversation matter is that we're stirring up an appetite for God. And I, I think that's what you're saying is that in those moments where we get lost in the chaos of Alcatraz, that we're there for each other to stir up that appetite for God again, in whatever way that comes about. I love the yes, poetry, yes. the I, I love history. I love reading the older, the from the great cloud of witnesses, if you will. Mm-hmm. I look out my window, like there's all sorts of ways that God calls to us through each other, through him creation, just the still small voice in our heart. And that I think think maybe part of what we've been talking about here is a lot of times prayer feels like my burden. If you like my thing to do, my obligation, or I need to do this in order to whatever. And yet God is just, is more active in that. Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail long before Peter knew he was, his faith was going to be challenged. Exactly. <laughs> that there's another whole part of the relationship, a whole community of 
divine persons who are holding this relationship together. And my part is just to, as Brenda me, just to show up. Yes. And to know that you are part of something that has movement. You already know what the destination is. Yeah. Yeah. And we may be going through um, a dark place. If we're mm -hmm. on a train, we may be going through a, a dark place right now. Mm -hmm. We can't mm -hmm. see very clearly, mm -hmm. but he knows exactly where we are. The darkness, as Psalm 139 says, is not dark to him. The darkness yeah. is as light. So he's not surprised. Yeah. He has traveled yeah. this path already. He knows exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. And I may well be in a pinchy place because of some decisions I've made or other people sure. have made. Yeah. I may well be in that valley of the shadow of death, mm -hmm. but he is with me mm -hmm. and he's guiding mm -hmm. me and he's protecting me and he's going to provide the meals that I need and the sustenance that I need, the courage I need. So it makes all the difference to me. I, I've come to view myself as a little person, a little girl, mm -hmm. and he just loves having me be with him. Yeah. And so he sticks out his hand and I grab his hand and we go. I may not like some of the places that we go, but there are places we go that are stunningly beautiful. There are relationships. When he says, I have a good friend, Carly, I want you to meet her. And I say, oh, goody. And then we, we meet some of his friends and yeah. we encourage one another. Yeah. It means everything to know that he's got this. Yeah. He is proven and reliable, and he knows exactly where I am at this point in my life, and he's present. I'm not, I'm not in some kind of situation where I'm unsafe and I'm at risk. This is how Dallas Willard could say that this universe is the safest place that we could possibly be. My response to that the first time I heard it is to say, are you paying attention? <laughs> this is not a safe place. Yeah. This island is dangerous. Yeah. And you got to watch your back. But what he's doing is he's communicating what we've been talking about in this whole conversation. He's talking about that we have, Jesus says, when you pray, say, Abba, Daddy, mm -hmm. the one who sees me and loves me and enjoys me and leans in to hear what I did today, what I learned at school, yeah. who my friends are, who asks me when I'm drawing to tell me about my pic, tell him about my picture. <laughs> He's interested. Yeah. It strikes me that maybe a good thing to close on is I think something that gets talked about a lot, but a lot of us didn't have fathers or parents who did that, who right. were not interested yes. in us. And some of our, sometimes our frame of reference is a little bit warped or just missing. My story is more one of absence and neglect. So there's just not a lot filling in that landscape of what father is. And so how do you, what do you offer to people who may have that kind of a story where their experience of family in the Trinity is really the, the all they've got, or at least the formational experience that they have? Thank you for that, Carlene, because you're so right. Mm. You're so right. If we haven't had an experience like that in the human family, it is extremely difficult and there there are wounds there. Yeah. There's there's trauma there. The only thing that 
I know in bringing my own experiences to the Lord is just to mm -hmm. say, Jesus tells me to call you Abba. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I need you to, I need you to reparent me. Yeah. I need mm -hmm. you to show me what you're like. And it's interesting in that prayer, Larry Crabb shows up <laughs> and you have somebody who does see you. Yeah. Somebody who loves the Lord and you look at him and you say, is this for real? Mm -hmm. Can mm -hmm. I trust this? Are you trustworthy? And again, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. this is the amazing thing mm -hmm. in the family of God. We are all reparented because even yeah. at our best yeah. parents right. don't always get it right. Yeah. But we are in this space of being restored, mm -hmm. of having the walls rebuilt, not mm -hmm. the walls that keep people out, a strengthening <laughs> and a refreshing and a renewing. And we start, we just start getting better. Mm -hmm. We start really coming to know that mm -hmm. the one who calls us dear worthy, the one who calls us his beloved, his child, mm -hmm. that he is trustworthy. But this is part of when you live in Alcatraz, these are hard messages <laughs> to get through because our experience right. is, is in such a contract to yeah. that. Yeah. So I think that's where community is yeah. so important. And asking mm. to just ask. There was a woman in our church who came to me and said her heart was full of fear and she mm. couldn't read the Bible because it made her afraid. And she was sure that she was going to go to hell and she just didn't know what to do. And I said, ask, she said, ask what, ask who? And I said, ask, just put a prayer out there and say, mm -hmm. Jesus says to call you daddy. I don't experience you that way. I wonder why things have happened to me that mm -hmm. you might've prevented. It's hard for me to think of you that way. So I said, just say, Please reveal yourself to me and please reveal me. Show me some of your friends who can help me learn to trust you. So and we don't take trauma lightly. Yeah. We really don't. This is a real thing. Yeah. And in our world today, it's, it's rampant. Mm. Yeah. But see, this is where the work you're doing is so important in larger story. You're creating safe places yeah. for people to reform their image of God. And what you just articulated echoes a lot of my story in that I did have a father. He was largely absent. And so when I got to places in my life where I was starting to really grapple with what does it mean to be a child of God and to have a heavenly father, I had a season where I was asking that question. And even it was in the season where I actually was reconnected. My husband was reconnected with the Crab family. He had known them as a child and I was connected with Larry for the first time. And there are actually two Larrys in my life. And what I went to my other Larry, that's <laughs> I talk about them. And in this whole season, I was just like, okay, tell me what is a, what does a father do? What does he do? And it was in that asking and there was some anger <laughs> and other things going on there, but it wasn't that kind of pushing and asking that God brought these Larrys into my life who were able to stand in that gap for a period of time and kind of at different points, but also to then shape my understanding of God as father, because I had that taste, even yeah. if I didn't have that 
experience, you know, as a child. So I think that's really a good word to just, it felt to me like I was like taking God by the collar, if you will, and just saying, I want to know what this means. <laughs> and some of my conversations were a little bit hostile like that, but, but there was a real deep longing to know the fatherhood of God uh, and a need to fill that in, I think. God is not afraid of chaos. Yeah. And he certainly isn't afraid of anger. He says right. in Isaiah, right. Tom, let us reason together. Tell yeah. me what's on your mind. And when you read yeah. the Psalms, right? Some of the imprecatory Psalms, <laughs> they're scary. They're, get them, God, or God, why in the world are you letting those right. dirtbags be so successful? And people yeah. like me, yeah, who are yeah. following you to experience such traumatic events. Yeah. Why? What yeah. are you doing? What's going on? And so the scriptures, yeah. and this is something that Larry would talk about. He'd say, God wants you to be honest. Yeah. He is ready for that. What he doesn't want is for me to project some kind of holy hologram because <laughs> you can't have a relationship with a hologram. Right. There's nobody there. Yeah. He wants to get behind that. He wants to know what's really going on in Carlene's heart and mind. Mm -hmm. He wants to know yeah. what's going on in mine. And he invites me into that space. He welcomes it and he's grateful for it. Yeah. Because now we can get someplace together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been my experience is when I'm most intense and really longing and asking, that's when I most experience God. Like he's faithful. Yeah. And it might not come exactly in the moment that I want or the, exactly the way that I want it. But back to that persistence, if I stick with it, he always brings something, someone him, to bring himself to me. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. That's what he's like. Yeah. That's what he's like. And I think if yeah. you have those experiences, you, you do start to count on it, even though it's not, like I said, and Larry is very, it was very good to say this. It's not a demand or an entitlement. Like I have to watch that in my heart. But if there's an honest desire and expression of that desire and a willingness to just receive what God offers, he always offers. Yeah. And sometimes I see it all, that a little more clearly in the rear view mirror. True. <laughs> That's very but there The story yeah. is there and you yeah. begin to say, oh, in that time when I felt so yeah. lost, disconnected, yeah. now I can see that you were there the whole time. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Honest conversation. That's what it's about. It's a real yeah. relationship yeah. and not a fakey one. That's right. Mimi, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time and your wisdom and your story and, and just letting us have a little bit of a glimpse into your heart and your uh, relationship with the Trinity, with the one you find most important. Um, thank you, Carlene. I really appreciate the invitation. It's been wonderful to have you. this conversation with you. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to, to talk more. So maybe we'll do this again if, if you're available. Um, but I really do appreciate it. And Larger Story family, we just thank you that you've um, hung in there and listened to, to our conversation and joined us as we talk about the most important relationship, the relationship that holds the whole universe together. 
the relationship that created all of us and everything we see and that we're actually privileged to be a part of, invited to join and live in that community that we know is the Trinity. Could I offer a prayer of Julian of Norwich? Please. Our closing that, prayer? that would be wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Carlene. God of your goodness, give me yourself. You are enough for me. And anything less that I could ask for would not do you full honor. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always lack something. But in you alone. I have everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, you too. Thank you for joining us on the Relational Spirituality Podcast. It is our prayer that these conversations are a blessing to you, giving you courage to keep living with the Trinity, to go with Jesus into the brokenness of the world, the brokenness of relationship, even into Alcatraz, so that he doesn't have to go alone. I hope we've reminded you who you belong to and that a greater desire for him has been stirred up in your heart. I pray that you've been inspired to stay the course and become the fullness of all he created you to be. And I long for you to be reassured that it is safe to be known and to go with Jesus as he knows those around you. Until next time, May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Amen. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com.